When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, finfanatic.com, and the Fan Sided Network as well. Miami Dolphins football is back, and the Dolphins lose today 20 to 13 to the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. Not a big deal. I mean, let's let's face it. I don't know about you, Paul. But I'd rather the Dolphins starters and second stringers win the first half convincingly than the third and fourth stringers get getting pasted in the in it in the second half by Justin Fields and company. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you had second and third. I mean, realistically, defensively, we didn't even have our full strength out there. I mean, two of our best players on defense, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, sat out the game. And so we started Nick Needham and Noah Igbenogany. And then we were on basically the backups, um, some even third stringers there. By the time Chicago even came close to taking the lead. So, yeah, I thought the offense overall looked good. Um, You know, guys like Kasicki really got after it. And I'm happy with this performance for the first game of the preseason, especially since they're not even pulling out of their bag of tricks. Yeah, we'll d- dive a little bit deeper into that, too. And uh, to go back to what you said on the injuries, Dolphins were without today. And it's not it's it's nothing serious, but these guys were just held out of the game. I mean, if they're if they're 90 percent, they're not playing. You know, it's <laughs> so they were without Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Albert Wilson at receiver, um, Liam Eikenberg on the offensive line. It's a shame. I really wanted to see him. Uh, defensive ends, Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips, cornerback. Uh, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, safety Brandon Jones, and linebacker Vince B. So all those players didn't play today. Um, so how this game went is the Dolphins starters with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. They kicked two field goals. They go up six to nothing. Could have been more, but there was an interception by Tua in his last throw of the game. 
They extend that lead to 13 to nothing in the second quarter, thanks to a 26-yard touchdown from Jacoby Brissett to Savan Ahmed. And then from that point, uh, the Bears and Justin Fields, who had a good for that, good good for the kid, had a great game for the Bears. Uh, there was the player of the game, 14 for 20, um, 140-something yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. So great first game for him. But, Paul, really the major story here is that you know, Tua came out um, here in the first couple of drives, and he played three drives. He goes eight for 11, 99 yards, and an interception. And actually, there was a he had about a, he had a 25 yard pass to Matt Collins that was called back on a hold by Austin Jackson. And um, there was also another 25 yard throw to Adam Shaheen that was dropped uh, in in the first drive. So those numbers could have been a lot better. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack from that. Um, And I'm going to go a different track real quick just to go back to what we were talking about before, before I dive into it. Midway through the third quarter with about six minutes to go, the Dolphins' third-string defense at that point um, and the first and second string, even without a few players, had held the Bears to, I believe it was about 151 total yards of offense. That is huge. The Bears were playing their starters. They were playing Justin Fields, who played well, as we talked about. But when you talk about the stats that Justin Fields put up in this game and that the running backs put up in this game and the fact that they didn't really start to open it up until they were against the third-string defense as far as the yardage goes. Miami's defense played very well today. Um, That's a talented team on offense that they held very well in this game. I mean, there were moments from guys like Zach Sealer. There were moments from guys like Eric Rowe, who played a little bit like his hair was on fire at times. Um, You know, uh, I think it was Justin Coleman. Cole Komet tried to hurdle him. And he just said, nope. Um, and then he broke up another play beautifully. Um, so it's, you look around this defense and there's a lot to like. And then you look over at the offensive side of the ball. They were going against the Bears' first team defense still, partway into the third quarter. And guys like Larnell Coleman, um, Robert Jones were in, I believe, at left tackle and right guard. 
and they were playing well despite some struggles from other areas of the offensive line at that point in time. So there was a lot to like in this game, depending on what you were looking at. Yeah, and to go back to what you were saying on the Dolphins' defense here, take a look at the Bears' um, first about five drives. Uh, first drive, three and out, six yards. Second drive, uh, 18 yards. So now they're up to, what, 24 yards. Third drive, no yards. Fourth drive, no yards. So the first four drives of the game, you're talking about 24 yards for the Bears on offense. And then obviously the Dolphins, first they didn't start with their starters. You know, they started with Nick Needham and Justin Coleman and Noah Igbenogany as their top three cornerbacks. They didn't have any edge rushers to speak of besides Van Ginkle in this game and still held the Bears to 24 yards in the first four drives. So kudos to them defensively. And on offense, you know, this this could have been could have been a lot prettier because let's let's face it, uh, the Dolphins were up three to nothing and then they they marched down the field again thanks to a 50 yard catch by Mike Kosicki. And they get down to the one yard line and try to run the ball twice. Malcolm Brown can't pound it in. Not much help from the offensive line. You know, you'd be talking about a 10 nothing game. And then the Dolphins on the third drive, you know, march down the field and uh, Tua throws the interception. Now, what are your thoughts uh, on what happened in that interception? Because what's frustrating about it is for uh, as long as we've waited for Dolphins football, if Tua throws that touchdown there and 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 the Dolphins, you know, go up by more at that time, you know, it, it's pretty exciting to see the first time the Dolphins put those uniforms on. It is, <clears throat> but it's a meaningless interception in a preseason game. And I got news for you. It's probably not the last one that Tua throws this year or any quarterback for that matter that's going to see a significant number of snaps uh i think they got some footage to go back and learn from and i believe he was targeting shaheen on that one who overall had a pretty trash game and made me even more sure about my picks as far as the 53-man roster at the tight end spot yeah that'll be fascinating to see because uh, hunter long gasicki will make the team hunter long will make the team I still think Seathan Carter will make the team when you consider that he was the first free agent the Dolphins signed, and they gave him guaranteed money. I think he's your third guy. And then it is Shaheen against Durham Smythe. And I, Durham Smythe did uh, block well. He, he usually does. And he also caught uh, what a 10-yard pass, too, uh, by, by Tua. So he definitely had the better game of the two. Shaheen had a drop. Uh, and on that interception, you know, I, I can't. I put that about 75% on Tua, 25% mm -hmm. on Shaheen. I, I think that's fair. Tua was a step late in seeing that, and then when he pulled the trigger, couldn't quite get it there. But Shaheen also did him no favors. He just basically stood at the goal line, and he could have done more on that to at least break the pass up. But overall, I put most of it on Tua. Hey, Kat, can you confirm that it was Shaheen on that interception and not Matt Collins? Um, I thought it yeah, was, it was. But, yeah, I've I've got a video posted on Twitter on that, and it's got, I thought so. It's got oh. Shaheen on the. Maybe they switched jerseys. Maybe they did that that thing and hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, but but that's funny that you said that because the announcers couldn't get it straight. You know, between Gasicki wearing eighty eight, Shaheen wearing eighty, and Matt Collins wearing eighty six. Um, 
What? <laughs> they could, they couldn't get now? it straight. Come on now. Oh, I think we actually just lost Cat for a second here. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I totally understand, Drew. The announcers probably did say it was Hollins on that interception. Um, and and <clears throat> can understand that, like like Cat was alluding to, the announcers really did get confused a lot. Cat for life, thank you for that. Um, Waddle on kick re- on punt returns was amazing today. I really like seeing Jakeem Grant on the punt returns, uh, and then I even thought Malcolm Perry was electric on the punt returns as well. So I thought that was pretty cool to see out there between the three of them returning punts today. How well they actually did. Cat, we're oh we lost. Cat's having a little bit of internet issues today. I apologize, but no, it's. They did a fantastic job for us uh, in the punt return game, and it made me excited no matter who makes the final roster as far as that goes. Welcome back, Kat. We're just talking about um, both Waddle, Jakeem Grant, and Malcolm Perry on punt returns answering a question in the chat. You know, I can't even blame uh, Internet Connection on that. I just blatantly exited off the screen. Uh, so, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, uh do the Dolphins have good punt returners or what? I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, th- that punt return. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine after we after he, he it was a twenty four yard punt return. It just looked so effortless by Jalen Waddle. Uh, it was incredible. And then Jakeem Grant um, has what a twenty four yard and a thirty four yard punt return. I'm telling you, I'll say it again. This is the best punt returner in the league, in my opinion. And I'm probably in favor of paying four million dollars a year for that um you paid four, just, four million a year for fedulum i'd pay four million a year for jakeem yeah by, by the way clayton fedulum um he he should have had a pass interference on that one play that was almost intercepted he he did knock the ball out but he reached out and he just blatantly grabbed the guy's hips and then when he turned him grabbed his jersey and then he broke the pass up don't yeah. know how that wasn't called, but anyway, staying on the receivers. Um, Jakeem Grant, it just feel. I know when they drafted Waddle that it felt like Grant was a goner. It just, over the last week, people I've talked to, it, it doesn't feel that way anymore. With I've him. said so, it all along, but that's Yes, cool. you have. Yes, you have. Uh, Lynn, but now, Lynn Bowden, too. Um, I still think he makes the roster. I think it would be a mistake to cut him. I mean, four catches for 47 yards. He just looks the part. He looks smooth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stand out in one particular area. But I I think with what he makes and considering the Dolphins traded a fifth-round pick or traded um, uh, what a fourth-rounder for Bowden in the sixth, that's, yeah. that's pretty decent compensation. I, I, I think they're going to end up keeping him, and I think they should keep him. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, and and by the way, just that just reminded me. I'm going to go away from the Dolphins game for one quick second. Cat, it hurt my heart this weekend to watch Ramondre Stevenson average 12.7 yards a carry, including a 91 yard run uh, on 10 carries uh, for the Patriots. It it really hurt me down to the cockles of my heart to see that happen. Well, I, I think the Patriots have it right when it comes to the value they place on running backs so other than Sony Michelle drafting them in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris drafted in the third round, Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth, they drafted James white in the fourth round in the 2014 draft. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, and, and the dolphins are kind of replicating that. 
um, with not putting a lot of resources uh, in that position. And to that effect, um, Savan Ahmed with a big game today, and he really helped himself out. Six carries for 40 yards. Also, with that 26-yard touchdown catch from Jacoby Brissett. And the camp reports that I hear always have Ahmed getting more involved as a receiver. And if that's the case, you know, I, I already think, I like heading into this game, liked Ahmed more than Malcolm Brown, which who I don't really think anything of, never have, didn't like the signing. He was cheap. That's fine. Um, I, I like Ahmed right now, and I want him to be the number two running back over Malcolm Brown, who, by the way, Looks exactly like Jordan Howard. He even wears the number 34 jersey just to mess with us. When I saw uh, <laughs> when I saw Malcolm Brown and Jared Dokes rocking the Ricky and Ronnie jerseys today and playing like freaking garbage, it hurt all the way down to my soul, especially after the Ramondre Stevenson thing I just mentioned. Um... I was not impressed with either player today. Uh, Malcolm Brown looked like a big lineman running and then tripping over his own feet, and Dokes didn't look much better, unfortunately. Well, uh, something I've seen, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and sorry to cut you off. Something I've said about running backs for years, and on that, I can't remember, somewhere in the second quarter where Savan Ahmed, it was, it was third and two, I believe. He got the handoff. And before, and he's so fast into the hole that before any Bears defender could touch him, he's got the first down. Yeah. I want that over giving the ball to a Malcolm Brown who's slow out of the hole or going into the hole. And then he's got to break tackles to get to the first down. So this whole thing about, well, he's a short yardage back. He's a, he's a good goal line guy. No, I get it to the fast guy who's going to get to the spot quickly. And that's Savan Ahmed. I, I'm very... I really want him to be the running back too now. Well, Malcolm Brown looked like a short yardage back only in terms of the fact that he's only getting short yardage no matter what the play or the situation. Um, so if that, I think that could be the definition of short yardage back where he's concerned. Uh, and how about how about Isaiah Ford out there rocking the number 20, Rashad Jones jersey? I mean, he just came back, grabbed a jersey <laughs> that was probably given to him as a gift. Does his number matter? Out of his hamper. And you know what? Here's the thing is, what's the point of bringing back Isaiah Ford if he just he's played supposedly so well in training camp and you know he's not going to make the team? What's the point of did you bring this guy back just to humiliate him? I mean, hey, you know what? Good for Isaiah Ford. He gets he gets good seats for, for every Dolphins game. Um, so long as he's just sitting. I'm good with it. Or playing in the the time with Reed Sinnette, who's not making the team, and all those other guys that aren't making the team. You know, maybe he and Matt Skura can watch the games together from home this year. You know, I I don't have an opinion on Matt Skura's play right now because I got to rewatch that. Um, I, I'll tell you what, Reed Sinnette, that was tough to watch as far as him throwing the ball. Uh, yeah, he he had some gutsy runs, but ugh, I mean. That that is you. That is not NFL arm strength. I'm seeing out of reach of that. I mean, he, he is who he is. Yeah, I, th- this is why I think we always are hoping that the Dolphins draft a quarterback in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. Maybe selfishly, just so we don't have to watch three preseason games <laughs> where where you see somebody like Reed Sinnett or Jake Rudock playing <laughs> half the game. 
Yeah, my, uh, my my wife was watching the game with us. We actually waited till tonight to watch it. Um, and my wife and my stepson are watching the game with us. And when we get to the second half, um, I explained to them that that gentleman there, Reed Sinet, is, is, is not on the team in week one. And they went, well, why not? I'm like, because they're only keeping two quarterbacks and watch him throw. <laughs> and they, they went, oh, and they promptly went to sleep while I sat there and watched the second half. Yeah, and not surprisingly, the Dolphins did not score a point with Reed Snett there, a quarterback. Um, also, some guy who blew it, and I shouldn't be i shouldn't be looking over here, but I, I have the Dolphins-Bears condensed game over here. Chris Myrick uh, is somebody that I've, I've defended for a long time. See ya. Um, well, not defended, but I felt bad for him because every time he played a preseason game, he looked good. There was potential. There was potential, yeah. And, and he, this is his third year with the team. He's been on the practice squad, and I, I was just – Hoping that at some point he would maybe get on the field, but caught one pass and fumbled it. No, I, can't, can't do that as a six tight end. Another guy that that I was kind of disappointed, even though he led the team in tackles today, was was Duke Riley. I thought he missed a few more tackles than I expected of him, especially against backup players. Um, just not great, you know. And I'm sorry, you've got to you've got to be a little more of a standout to me to really claim a roster spot at this point, especially given the depth on defense. I agree. And, you know, you look at the backup linebackers. We talked about it. it's a fierce competition between Duke Riley, Sam Egwavon, Shaquem Griffin for that, you know, for one or two spots there. I didn't think any of them looked good. Uh, and you you watch two play, two runs by the Bears. Um uh, 37-yard run by Ryan Nala in the final drive and a 50-yard run by um, Artavius Pierce, it it looked like the defensive quit on those plays. And you're you're battling for a roster spot. You know, at preseason or not, you're talking about a one-score football game. And, yeah, I'm you know, I, I, I didn't think Riley looked good. I didn't think Griffin looked good. I didn't think Egwavon looked good. Either so let's let's see in the second or third preseason game kind of what happens there. I, I was okay with Griffin just to, before we move on. I, I was okay with Griffin. I didn't think he looked. I didn't think he stood out in any way, shape, or form. But he didn't, and I mean that good or bad. Um, which to me, it felt like Riley had some bad plays. It felt like the other guys had some bad plays. But I didn't feel like Shaq actually had any bad plays that I caught. I mean, maybe on the replay I'll see it, but. There really wasn't any moment where I went, oh, got to get him out of here. You know, I, I didn't have that Munson moment with Shaq that I did with a couple of the others. Yeah, M- Munson, Munson, uh, himself right out of a job today again. Uh, I'm going to say something good. I want to say something good, Cat. I'm, I'm going to jump real quick. I, and mark the date, mark the time, watching this game, I want Jamal Perry to make the final roster at this point. Wow. And a boy. That's what I'm talking about. He, he, he's, he's grown. He's progressed. He, he, he has value now. Like, the, the guy that I watched watch other people catch balls wasn't there today. Uh, yeah, he, he did look good again, and he's looked good in the, in the preseason here. I've, I've always liked him as a slot guy a little bit more than you, obviously. A lot more, excuse me. Um, and, and you look at, at the defensive backs. You talk about um, Nick Needham had a fantastic game. Um, yeah, he, he Eric Rowe also broke up a pass against Cole Komet. He looked like the tight end eraser uh, on that drive again. But uh, with the cornerbacks, Nick Needham had a great game. Igbenogany 
uh, had a really nice pass breakup and also one where he stopped um, the receiver short of the first down uh, by what half a yard. And uh, that was the play he got hurt on. He should be fine though. Uh, there was one play that um, uh, who was he covering there? The, yeah, uh, he should be fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I'm trying to see here uh, that um, his name slipping my mind now for, uh, for for the Bears, the wide receiver. I think number thirteen. Anyway, he caught a he caught a 25 yard pass off Igbenogany. That's a technique error by him. He was basically when the ball was thrown, Igbenogany didn't turn around fast enough. He was playing on the receiver's shoulder. And instead of going through the receiver's hands to break that pass up. So, you know, technique issues can be fixed, but I did like how Igbenogany was stickier today. Than yeah, I've seen no, he, I saw progress from him, and that's a good thing. Um, we heard about the progress before la- at the end of last year. Then we heard that he was just brutal and ugly and horrific all week this week. And then I watched him out there against the Bears starters, and he played just fine. His roughest moments came, it, it almost felt like he came out of halftime a little bit dead, and then he recovered from it, which was good to see. My, yeah, my biggest problem in this game was Austin Jackson. And I look, it's preseason. Yes, he's still 21 years old. I got to tell you, um, when he was at USC, I thought he whiffed on a lot of blocks. When he's a rookie, I thought he whiffed on more blocks. And, um, you know, all week, you know, in, in scrimmages with the Bears, I heard he's heard he's getting his rear, rear end kicked. And then you go to the game here and, you know, it, he had the potential to possibly ruin or have a have a terrible impact on two of the first three Dolphins drives. It's third and four. Austin Jackson gets pushed back to the quarterback by Robert Quinn. Tua throws the ball out of bounds. It's fourth down. You give the ball back. Then on the third drive, um, it's a, uh, a 25-yard completion to Mac Hollins out to the sideline, called back by Austin Jackson holding. And there were two other plays where the, def- where the defensive player just ran around him. This is a f- former... 18th overall draft pick. And when is this guy going to start playing good football? I tell you, for me, he's got till the end of the year, and that's it. Yeah, I I, I do want to see more out of him, but let's let's not pretend he got run around by a fourth-string defensive end in a preseason game. He got run around by Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack has made a habit and a career out of making great offensive tackles look stupid on a handful of plays a game. Uh, and he did make he did make Austin Jackson look stupid on a couple of plays, but he got run around by Khalil Mack, not some big slow oaf. Uh, and yeah, the holding plant penalty was was bad. Um, and there was the play against Robert Quinn, who also has a habit of pushing people back to the quarterback on a handful of plays a game, and then missing on a handful of plays a game. But so I'm I'm not going to just tear him to shreds over that. I do want to see him be better. A uh, couple of guys that I thought had good games. Hold I on, I, I'm, let me interrupt before you. Yeah, uh, before. You said you're not going to tear him to shreds. I am. I know because, you because because we've got. You might as well be a uh, fullback in your eyes. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, move him back there. I mean, switch his number seventy three down to uh, uh, thirty one. Carl Tucker's number. Anyway. Um, he got he got beat by Robert Quinn. He got beat by Khalil Mack. 
He got beat by Jeremiah Adaocho, who is not a good player. So, I, I, I mean, and, and look, on Sundays, you're going to be facing a player like Robert Quinn, and you got to get better. That's yeah. it. Anyway, what are you going to say? No, I mean, I, I want to go through a couple other players on the offensive line. I think I like Robert Hunt better at right tackle. Um, I know there was the report after we recorded this week about the fact that they really want to see Liam Eichenberg because they want to see if he is better at guard or if they should move him back to right tackle. Um, but I thought Solomon Kinley played probably the best football I've seen from him today. He was running people over. There was one play where Malcolm Brown got tackled about two yards after the line of scrimmage, and you just see Solomon Kinley, after blocking his guy, come through and paste somebody as Malcolm Brown's going down and then help the guy up like, yeah, I got you that time. See you soon. Um, so I really liked what I saw from him. I thought Michael Dieter played probably the best football I've seen from him. And, and and so I really do like some of the potential and development of other players on the line. Um, I still would like to see Robert Hunt back at right tackle unless Eichenberg gets moved there because I do think our best offensive line has Hunt at right tackle and either Jesse Davis or Liam Eichenberg at right guard. I'm totally with you on that. And Robert Hunt played right tackle at, at Louisiana uh, in college. He played right tackle for the Dolphins as a rookie and did really well. And I, I, I've said this from the beginning. I don't understand this infatuation with trying to play Robert Hunt at right guard. And it looks like that's what the Dolphins are doing here. I would rather have, like you said, Kindley or, or Jesse Davis a right guard and Hunt at right tackle. Because I think right tackle is the most important position. Right now, I think Robert Hunt is the Dolphins' best offensive lineman. So I'm with you on that 100%. Um, and did you see the same thing as I did with Kinley today? I, I'm going to have to re rewatch it. Uh, I, he's, he is a big dude, and he's obviously going to maul people. But I have some other problems with his game, with handling players in the short area with him being so massive that he's getting in the way sometimes of running lanes. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying that happened in this game. I'm just going to have to go back and watch that a little bit more. Um, uh, two uh, others, though. I know, I know I mentioned them before, but I just want to bring them up again. I really did like what I saw out of Robert Jones and Larnell Coleman in this game. Larnell Coleman's a guy that had been sliding a little bit for a lot of folks, but watch him in the second half. If, if you're listening to this, he did well and Martina, I'm very curious to see about that with Eichenberg and his base as far as it goes playing guard. I'm with you too on Larnell Coleman. Um, I thought he looked really good and he looks the part. He's got long arms, not a lot of body fat to him. He's got a if he gets his technique down because he was all over the place at UMass. I mean, I, I watched about three games of him. He is all arms and legs. Um, but. If he gets his technique down, and it looks like he's he's gotten a lot better in that, and we've heard good camp reports about him too. So I, I hope he does make the 53-man roster. Robert Jones, I might have to watch a little bit more closely, but I know that Mike Pinnell, the Bears' nose tackle, made him look silly on one play. They basically just swam, move him, and threw him out of the way for a loss. Um, but he's got some potential, that's for sure. So, Paul, taking a look at this game, you know, obviously it's not really about the score. It's not really about the starters. Who is, who are three players for you, first of all, that you think really helped themselves in this game? I mean, I know he was already making the final roster, but Nick Needham helped himself a lot in this game. Um, uh, 
Mac Hollins helped himself a great deal in this game. I finally saw what some folks had seen in him as a receiver. Uh, I still sting a little bit from that Buffalo game last year where he basically looked, you know, I think he showed up in a costume with boxing gloves before the game for that game, and it felt like he kept them on for the game uh, as far as that went. But I really liked what I saw out of him. And then Jakeem Grant with that electric punt return and, and some shifty moves at times today I thought really helped himself as well. Um, as far as guys that hurt themselves, yeah, and I'll I'll uh, stop right there yeah. too. Uh, as far as guys that helped themselves, we got we got two of the three correct. Uh, or, or, excuse me, we have the same two of the same three there. I got three I, out of three correct. Let's of course, of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, I have I have my top two are Nick Needham, Jakeem Grant, and Savan Ahmed. Um, Savan Ahmed, I, I think, really helped himself. And the more he is present in the passing game, the more he's going to be able to help his stock. So I'll throw it back to you on the three players that that really hurt themselves, and then I'll go with mine. Three that really hurt themselves. I mean, I thought that Shaheen was, was hot garbage in this game, um, and not even because of the interception. That drop on the first series – where Tua threw an absolutely beautifully placed ball that only Shaheen could get to in good coverage. Um, that was very upsetting to me. I know they gave credit for the pass breakup. It wasn't a breakup. It was a drop. Um, on defense, mm, God, it, it this is a tough one for me. There were a couple of guys I felt hurt themselves in, in this one. I think Duke Riley was one for me. And then... Offensive line-wise, I was not impressed with several players, but we're going to go with Austin Jackson on this one, even though, it, as I pointed out before, it was Khalil Mack. It was Robert Quinn that beat him. Um, Austin Jackson is my top guy that hurt himself, but he's not going to hurt himself as far as his standing with the team. He's going oh, to be he's the starting left, left tackle. tackle. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. And then... The players, I think, hurt themselves. I agree. Duke Riley was somebody I, I was looking for more from, and you know, he was he was in the middle of the action on that Ryan Nall thirty-seven run, thirty-seven yard run, as well as that fifty-yard run by Artavius Pierce. There I'm going to change one of mine actually to Malcolm Brown because he was trash. Yeah, he was bad too. Um, nine carries for eight yards for Malcolm Brown. Um, Big boy. Also, Chris Myrick uh, with the fumble. Kirk Merritt also had a big drop, and you can't. And, and he had an opportunity to make a big play downfield, and would have been a tough catch. But when you're the twelfth receiver on the team, and you're trying to be a, you know, practice squad guy, you, you got to come down with those. Uh, Tino Ellis, uh, uh, you know, is really one of the bottom guys in the roster. Had two big missed tackles. Uh, certainly sh- showed like he didn't belong here. So. But yeah, that's um, that's really it as far as um, the Dolphins' first preseason game. Anything else jump out to you uh, from the chat, or uh, any anything else you caught today? Um, not really off the top of my head. I mean, it, it's there's. I, I'm going to be watching this a few more times, but really, I mean, it, it's the Dolphins looked good overall, and we've got to remember the fact that a lot of these guys were third teamers going against first teamers by the time the third quarter rolled around. The fact that the defense, without Xavier Howard, without Byron Jones, um, held their starting offense through two and a half quarters, or t- 
really more than that, uh, to 151 total yards, and I think they had a field goal at that point. Um, so really, that's impressive as well. Uh, the punt return game looks electric, and it's going to limit some of the yards on offense at times because of the fact that they're setting them up with good field position. Uh, and, and really, there's a lot to be excited about with this team. I'm not off my stump yet with it. I think the offensive line's going to be good. I saw promise from a lot of players today. So I think they're going to be able to set up a good starting five on that offensive line. I can't wait to see Hunter Long. I can't wait to see Jalen Phillips out there. Hopefully Javon Holland settles in a little bit, and Eric Rowe just looks like a man on fire right now. So our secondary is going to be amazing, and that's only going to help the front seven. Yeah, the secondary is without question the position I'm most excited about. Uh, a couple of things from the chat here that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, Zach Abrams said Adam Pankey sucked as well. Yes, he did. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because – this is a this is a guy that's been around the league for a couple of years here, and Paul had him on his final fifty three. I almost did, and did not have a good game. Uh, I mean, he got thrown around a couple of times. Um, Cap for life said Robert Jones got manhandled. Yes, on one or two plays he did for sure, and I've got to see the rest. Um, so flow of sports said uh, Austin Jackson was so- nah, nah, I, I can't agree with anything solid until last year till the injury. And I'm salty about him because I didn't like the pick in the first place. Nah, none of that's true. Um, I think he's got potential. He had some good games last year. I think he had more bad games. Uh, I never root for a Dolphins player to, to play badly or let that skew my my vision on him just because he uh, just because I didn't like the pick to begin with. I hope I'm wrong when yeah. it comes to that player. And, and Kat, it's funny. Somebody mentioned Malcolm Brown running slow. And all I can picture now when Malcolm Brown runs is that stupid guy voice that you do. Um, I really think the announcers should use that to play call, like, oh, he's going to run to the fucking, or uh, to the seven. You know, like, going to have to bleep that one out on the replay. Um, but, yeah, like, that's what I picture when Malcolm Brown's running the ball is that that, that big dope voice that you use. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I got to pick my spots with it. And um, so full of sports also said too, um, and I, I completely agree. Uh, uh, Durham Smythe likely uh, is, is better than Shaheen. Shaheen was a former second round pick that still hasn't p- panned out. I don't get the extension. Yeah. I thought the extension was a little bit weird last year when it came to Shaheen and yeah, it, he, between he and Smythe, it's going to be interesting because I, I, it looks like Smythe is the more dependable player at tight end for this year. So um. Yeah, great. But hey, we've got 150 or so people uh, uh, tuned in right now. Really appreciate it here. And uh, yeah, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker. Uh, oh no, we're not on Spreaker anymore. Nope, no Spreaker. But actually, Cap, before, before you wrap it up there, because I know yeah, that's go ahead. Talk real quick, guys. We have a link down in the in the show notes. Make sure you guys go to dolphinsnyc.com. Uh, set up to go to MetLife Takeover. It's going to be a blast. It's so much fun every year going with them to watch the Dolphins with like 3,000 other Dolphins fans. Joe, Ro- Joe Rose does his tailgate show or his pregame show from the tailgate. Um, you know, guys like Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, uh, Nat Moore, Tom Garfinkel, all these guys come out to the tailgate periodically. Sam Madison's gone with us one year. Obviously, he's coaching with, with Kansas City now. I know O.J. McDuffie keeps promising he's coming up one of these years, but then he gets scared when it's a cold-weather game. 
that is going to be a fun time. If you are anywhere in the vicinity of the, of, of the New York, New Jersey area, you should be there. I'm, go- I'm coming in from Eastern Connecticut for, for that game, and it's going to be a very, very fun time. Guys, make sure you click the like button as well. Give us a review out there on iTunes. It only helps us out. Uh, and we appreciate you guys, man. We love doing this stuff. Absolutely. And what's great, too, is from here until early May when the draft ends, we're going to be doing two or three shows a week. So we're we're going to go through this entire journey with you here as it should be a very interesting 2021 season. Be sure to follow us again on Facebook, Twitter, uh, the finfanatic.com website and the fan sided network as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So D, take us home. Ah, man. See, I shouldn't have. That's okay. <laughs> we still love Solo D. We can't hey, forget about it. Solo's song comes on on the podcast version. So, you know. Okay. Okay. And, solo D, take us home. Yeah. So, Solo can take us home there. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good night, guys. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.